I need a microphone. I need a microphone. Uh. <laughs> Welcome. I'm Jesse. Sitting across from me is the man himself, Jay Purcell. Hello, everybody. What's up? We're talking Rude. about Mark Juliana. Yes. <clears throat> Roots the Grooves. Here we are again. Another week. Another artist. Oh, yeah. I didn't say that. Um, we haven't said it in a while, but, you know, for the new listeners and viewers, uh, we get together every week as musicians ourselves, and we talk about a different artist each week, and we talk about their beginnings, their roots, and their music, their grooves. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, I like what you did there. Yeah. I just thought that up on the spot there. Um, and everything in between, their career, their mindset, their approach to making music, how they keep making music, how they're able to make career a living out of it or not but usually they are because we're talking about artists that have somewhat of a career in in this space that we call music and uh yeah mark juliana this week um who a little bit of an unusual episode we have talked about drummers before mm -hmm. um uh, reminds me of an artist that you suggested quite a while ago eli kesler right he was more he's definitely a drummer but he does a lot more art kind of installation-y type things right this week mark juliana is a drummer um who has had a long career as a session drummer um he's played with so many different people um probably his biggest claim to fame that a lot of people might have heard of him was david bowie's last ever album black star uh mark was the drummer on that album and uh He's played with all kinds of other sort of jazz musicians, a lot of jazz collaborations throughout his career, I think, predominantly. He's also released his own solo material over the years. We opened up this week with a track from his 2019 album, Beat Music, Beat Music, Beat Music, exclamation point on each one of those beat musics. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that was a track called Girl. That was the first track I ever heard of him on. And I think it was a music video that I saw. It's a really cool music video. Um, he's like playing in a, like drums in like an apartment or it looks like a CD hotel. There's lots of like neon lights outside. There's some really trippy camera work with the music and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, like he, he's a drummer and his mu his own solo music has ranged from sort of more traditional kind of, well, not traditional jazz, uh, traditional-ish jazz. Some of his stuff on his Spotify discography can be that way. Um, but he introduces a lot of like electronic components into it. He's like veering more into the drum and bass, dubby, electronica mm -hmm. kind of realm of stuff mixed in with jazz. But um, yeah, yeah, I have a couple yeah. other um, you know genre titles that. I'm not super familiar with, but I, I put them down in the notes yeah. just to give a more context. Yeah. Modern creative, mm. experimental electro, yeah. electric jazz, right. post bop. Post bop. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. uh, electronica, you know, just a couple yeah. little piggyback off what you're saying. Yeah. But very cool. This guy's very interesting. He's like an adventure, adventurist of the drums. Yeah. He's a, yeah. a drummer, educator. Mm -hmm. you know composer yeah. producer yeah so i mean really cool videos out there of him showing like master classes of how to do different beats mm -hmm. and different you know techniques yeah um so he's just he's like a musician's musician yeah 
that's the vibe that I get. Like yeah. people respect him in the industry. Mm-hmm. People want to play with him. People want to learn from him. Mm-hmm. And he's just got, he's a really, really cool. Seems like a really cool person. Yeah. And he, he's really into the like drumming, obviously, but even music in general, even more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's more of a musician than he is a drummer, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if that's fair to say. Yeah. And uh, like his mindset is very cool as well. And we can get yeah, into yeah. it later, but he's, he just really cares about what he's doing and and playing with other people mm-hmm. and making those real connections with music. Yeah. Um, and it's very impressive. Yeah. And he's a very well-rounded, cool musician. Definitely. And so when I sent this artist to you, where did you start? Did you like listen to anything to begin with? or like, I can't remember uh, where I started. Yeah. I think I dove in. Like, yeah. I think maybe it was beat music, beat music, beat music. Right. Because um, that one stood out. I think it was like yeah. a bright album cover and the exclamation marks are like, let's see what this is about it says beat in it i like beats yeah and the tracks they're like all capitalized letters and it's like tracks like girl bones mud bullet home yeah. roast, human it's like, okay. just really like kind of visceral <laughs> yeah, yeah. stylings of the yeah. you know album and name yeah yeah names of the tracks yeah uh and then i think i just hopped around yeah because uh i mean his his stuff is you know his his discography is expansive yeah a lot of different music a lot of different music that sounds different yeah. You know, from more like jazzy acoustic yeah. stuff mm-hmm. to, you know, obviously where we started with kind of synthy electronic electro stuff. Right. Yeah. And he definitely dabbles in both and has respect for both. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's, he's a great, you know, compositionist. Yeah. Definitely. And, and obviously he's, he has a lot of skills with production and composition and doing acoustic stuff with, you know, live musicians and producing stuff in a DAW. Yeah. by himself or with other musicians but just creating in multiple different ways yeah and he's still um you know i don't know he makes waves in the the industry he's kind of underground as far as the name goes yeah but he's worked with huge people like david bowie and that's that's right. absolutely absolutely massive yeah um but but generally off the street most people won't know know who this is like myself yeah and that's so true. that's why we want to kind of make that connection and bring this guy's name to the table yeah because he's uh he's part of this conversation that we're having in music mm. um and he, he's an impressive guy i like it wow. uh let's get into his early years and his creative mindset we got a sack but after a track uh, uh, after a track wait yeah you got a track loaded up for us which one are we playing um this is off of a collaboration album from 2006 that he did called locked in a basement with hunt and neil persiani um and uh this is uh, the title track locked in a basement
There you go. Locked in a basement. That was a collaboration that Mark Giuliani did back in 2006 with a couple of other artists, Neil Persiani, who plays electric bass, and Zach Colwell, who goes by the name of Hunt. Um, he plays saxes and Juno synths and stuff like that. Um, well, Hurt, yeah. Hurt was the, the group, right? Um, I'm not sure. Was that right? As far as I know, Hurt is a, there. it's a trio. And um, Mark oh, Giuliano was a part of that trio. Oh, there you go. All right. So it was released as Hunt, and, but with those three guys. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Got it. Yeah, so that, that, that makes more sense. Totally. I'm just saying... <laughs> The, the point being, this guy just, he, he forms groups wherever he goes. He seems like it. Yeah. He's like, I want to work with you. Let's make yeah. an album with you. Right. Let's make a band. Yeah. I want to work with you. Let's make a band. Yeah. And then yeah. they do. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. all really good stuff. Yeah. But I think Hurt was one of the first things. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. Let's go back into the. Okay. <laughs> we're going to New Jersey today, Jay. Yes. The New Jersey. 1980. The year that Mark Giuliani was born and the place that he was born and raised, New yeah. Jersey. We take a, a taxi cab mm -hmm. all the way to Florham Park, mm. um, his home area. Okay. It's a borough of Morris County, New Jersey. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. In the United States of America. Is that now, is that on Earth or? That's going to be on a planet, it's the third planet from the sun. Okay, got it. In cool. the third rock from the sun. Third rock from the sun. <laughs> exactly. Right, like yeah. the TV show. Yeah, like the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't have a lot of details as far as his super early life. No. But this kid was born into a family, mm -hmm. and he was interested in music as a child. Yeah. And I got, this is basically all I have, until he started playing music seriously at 15. Yeah. He started taking drum lessons. Yeah, he said he his, didn't come from a musical family, but he started playing, taking drum lessons. It's basically an activity. He said his parents you know, did basically wanted him to always be engaged in mm -hmm. some kind of activity and stay busy kind of thing. And um, out of somewhere, he decided drum lessons were, were a thing to do. And he said it didn't take him that long after doing a couple of lessons to realize that he had a connection to making music. It was mm -hmm. just like kind of like, oh, this makes sense kind of thing. I need to do this. Yeah, this feels good. Yeah. Um, and that... Crazy enough, that one moment there just led him on to pursuing it, you know, from then on, um, going to William Patterson University, where he studied jazz. Um, his first drum teacher when he was like a teenager uh, was, uh, what, what was his name? Oh, Joe Bergamini. Joe Bergamini. Okay, Joe yeah, Bergamini, yeah. who apparently was a, a, a good drummer in his own right, had various groups, I think. Um, and that yeah. that was the his drum teacher, right? And that was his drum teacher, yeah. Yeah, and he learned a lot from him. Yeah, saying basically he he was really good at showing Mark um, not just technique, but like the importance of like um, learning different genres and styles of music, kind of thing, and, mm -hmm. and jazz being an important genre that he introduced him to as, mm -hmm. as a drummer, kind of thing. Yeah, I think he yeah. kind of shows them. He he taught him how to. You know, showed him that he can love this stuff. Yeah. And I think that was a really important moment for him as he was going through these lessons. Mm -hmm. um, Joe, I want to say his name right, Berg, Bergamin? Uh, Bergamini. Bergamini. Yeah. I left a couple letters off that name. I spell it phonetically, but it's not how you spell oh, okay. Bergamini. I don't think. <laughs> Joe Bergamini. 
Well, I think he really, he developed a love with Mark. Yeah. Not, um, you know, for, for drums, mm -hmm. like really instilled that. I was like, this is dope. Look how, you know, deep you can go, all the cool things you can learn, the techniques, yeah, the improvisation. And he learned all these really cool things and Mark fell in love with the drums. Right. And so that was the, yeah, kind of the thing. Yeah. And then you already said, or I, I was, I'm still in high school a little bit. Right. I'm, I'm a little behind where you were, mm -hmm. but still in high school, he was, he played in various ensembles, mm -hmm. you know, different iterations of a jazz group at the school or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I guess he also played in a big band group mm. and he played in a, a rock group, a prog group, and uh, even a funk group. Right. Or at least, or at least these iterations of people he was making music with played those styles. Right. Yeah. I think would be fair to say. Yeah. And then skip to where um, you went. William Patterson University in mm -hmm. in New Jersey. Yeah. And he was doing jazz studies. Yeah, and it was through like the other people he was going to university with that exposed him to other styles of music that he hadn't really been exposed to before, like namely like electronica music. Mm -hmm. Um Square Pusher being a big artist that he he said like as soon as he heard that stuff, he was like, Oh, that's Whoa. triggering some other inspiration glands in his brain or something like that, yeah. you know. So he was sort of, you know, I think that from then on as well, once he heard Square Pusher trying to, you know, push his own music more into that realm as well, which he has done, you know, over his career as well on his own albums with the heavy electronic influence. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like where he went. And then he, he's graduated university, right? Yeah, 2003. And... I mean, I don't know the specifics, but not long after he, he really sort of dove into the session musician realm, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, uh, I don't know if he was still living in New Jersey or whether he might relocated to New York at that time kind of thing, but definitely throughout his earlier career, he was based in New York and, you know, there's a big, obviously a big music scene out there, jazz scene kind of thing. And a mm -hmm. lot of work as well for like, you know, gigging jazz musicians, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and lots of like different quartets and groups that he was a part of. And, you know, um, the networking, just the natural networking of playing music with all those different cats, jazz cats, yeah. you know, kind of leads to everything else that he's done. You know, mm -hmm. the other, um, like basically none of his uh, like session projects would have come about without him sort of playing with all these various multitude of musicians across mm -hmm. the city kind of thing and totally you know, yeah the power of networking yeah power of networking and it's who you know not what you know yeah and being um i think one of the things that mark says is being open to uh like yeah the styles of music and not locking yourself into one genre even though he's like would be considered primarily a jazz drummer jazz musician mm -hmm. like you said in his early years he did play all kinds of different styles um and I think, like, you know, he, he hasn't really sort of swi switched himself off from that. I mean, basically, I think also he was into, like, uh, you know, N Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Soundgarden as well. Mm -hmm. You know, he was, like, you know, right coming up right at that time. Some, so oh, yeah. definitely some yeah. just mainstream, yeah. you know, interest in some mainstream music that was happening. Yeah, yeah. Like he said, I think the first album he bought was a Pearl Jam album. Nice. You know, so... I think it was an album called Verses. I haven't heard of it. I'm not a massive Pearl Jam aficionado, yeah. despite us being in the city of the Pearl Jams. Yeah, but I respect him. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but Soundgarden, he like later collaborated with the drummer from Soundgarden, Matt Cameron, on a on a solo project that Mark had as well. Nice, so, I didn't know that. Crazy, yeah. So I, I guess mm. let me paint this little picture from the time when he was in college to when he started. Basically, we opened up with that track that was Hurt. Yeah, that group. So basically, he met this guy who's also part of Hurt. I'm gonna try to say his name. Avishai. It's A V I S H A I. Avishai. Avishai, is that right? That sounds better. That's how I would say it. Avishai Cohen. Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess he's a uh, he's a trumpeter. Right. Yeah. And so he's like he's he's he had a group that was like a, a trio. Yeah. And he's he's his own. All, all these people like work with different people. Like yeah. th- these people are all like session musicians for themselves. Yeah. Like I'm gonna be a session musician, a drummer for this band that I just created. Right. That I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically he hooked up with that guy and they created Hernt. Mm-hmm. And then that that's kind of one of the first big connections that I saw. Right. Um, that, you know, I don't know. He created a band out of nothing just from knowing people in the in the network. Yeah. And and released it and it was good. And that kind of, you know, sent him off to continuing to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, done a lot of like different albums. Um, like, I don't know, yes, yeah, the names of some of these people. I think they're like really like big jazz people. Um, let me let me stop but, us while we before we go too far. Yeah, I just have one more note on the um, Avishai Cohen. Yeah, because so he has some like touring groups, right. and I think he has a studio as well mm. in New York. Okay, and yeah. so Mark Juliana like join those groups in studio mm-hmm. it's almost like a label type thing like you're in a club right like i think a collective type thing. yeah collective yeah. that's the better word for it yeah and so he joined these groups that go on tour or that are like session musicians at this uh studio right and so he started like you know working and networking even more yeah and so i guess he appeared on six different albums with with that collective well wow. yeah so just yeah. you know a lot of work getting done yeah. a lot of networking yeah and he's just like He's right where he's supposed to be. Yeah. That, that's basically all I got. Um, and so like while that was happening, as far as I know, that's when he started, the, he co-founded Hernt mm. during yep. this time period, yeah. which is, you know, just to be clear, it's experimental garage jazz yeah. is one thing that I saw written down. Yeah. And they, they released that full length locked in a basement. That was 2006. Right. Yeah. So that brings us up to the to, to 2006. Um, I have also, he was working with Cohen and Hernt. Um, Mark played, he played in a session and live stuff with a, a lot of different artists. I have a couple of names. Michel, I, this this is so tough, you guys. It's harder than you think. <laughs> Michel Angelico, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Are, do you have that right? There's a capital N and a capital D at the beginning of the name. Yeah, I've heard. I don't even know where to start on how to pronounce. That artist come across a few things okay before. yeah i've never heard that name or seen that word yeah so i cannot pronounce that um dafer youssef right yeah it's rough i don't know these people yeah. one i do know modest yahoo modest yahoo mm-hmm. I, I don't know you don't know modest yahoo no you would know modest yahoo yeah you've got to know at least he has a couple of huge tracks let me uh, he's like a jewish yeah. um i don't know he used to do kind of more reggae type music yeah and i think he went a little bit more towards pop but with some of those 
kind of still reggae stylings. Okay. I don't know too much about him, but I know you know he's he's been around for a really long time and he he tours a lot and he's pretty great. How do you spell that? Modest Yahoo, M A T I S Y. Oh, oh, that's why I was like, I was typing in Modest it, Yahoo, like oh, Modest you, like Modest Mouse and Yahoo, the internet brand. Yahoo, the, the chocolate milk. <laughs> in a, oh, that's Yoohoo. No. Oh, that's Yoohoo. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know my milk products. Okay, okay. Nice. Don't, <laughs> don't question Jay on his chocolate milk. Oh, I was going to say Mitiashu. No, but it's, it's pronounced Modest Yahoo. Mm -hmm. Wow, crazy. Right. Cool. That's why we're both on this podcast. There you go. We, yeah. we, we, this too. <laughs> we can't figure this out to, yeah. uh, individually. Yeah. I got Gretchen Parlato, Brad Shapik, mm -hmm. Bobby McFerrin. So hope, hopefully these names mean something to you guys. I've never heard of some of these guys, but I bet there's a lot of good music if we explore those. So Gretchen Parlato is his wife, actually. Okay. Yeah, they got married at a certain point, and she's an uh, American jazz singer. Yeah. And she's done a lot of stuff in her own right uh, with Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock. Herbs. Uh, Esperanza Spalding. I've heard of, I've heard of her as well. I haven't heard of these other people. So how long of the world, jazz, still to this day, like, you know, the, the modern yeah, jazz deep. musicians, there's a lot of them out there doing like, and it's an acquired taste, I think, because some of it is a little bit mm, too, I don't know. I don't want to say cheesy, but like, mm, like dinner music. I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, smooth. I mean, smooth jazz is a whole thing. But like, is it almost like Muzak? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I'm not to throw any of these eyes onto the bus. Yeah, I don't there. think that. I don't, I'm not trying no. to diss. It's a whole different world, but it's like you know, my sort of jazz listening veers more towards like John Coltrane and. Mm -hmm. Miles Davis. Some classic uh, stuff. Yeah, classic. And even the craziest stuff they did, like Miles Davis did this whole album, Bitches Brew, which was like insane type of album. You that know? Sound, that's a cool name. Yeah. It was like, if you think about like, it's kind of like Jimi Hendrix of the jazz world, that album kind of thing. It was like in the 70s, there's a lot of like the drum production quality on it. It's very like 70s dry drum sound, but jazz sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's not funky because there isn't it doesn't like it doesn't settle too much it like veers off a lot and goes in different directions different but, tangents yeah but yeah for me that's sort of that's where i'm at with jazz is i guess the yeah, the classics and and the newer stuff that is more like neo soul um mm -hmm. kind of stuff no jazz but, yeah. with pop sensibilities yeah or even like what mark giuliano is doing is you know because he's he's medal he's not meddling he's <laughs> he's meddling and he's jazz loitering world. he's loitering he's uh, <laughs> mixing up in this jazz world but then he's doing his own really interesting stuff that you know wouldn't really fit with some of the other people he's played for or with kind of thing you know right which is cool so but totally yeah, yeah. Um, so let's move on we're going through the narrative yeah. Juliana is just he's killing it yeah. he's already awesome doing yeah. a lot of good work. So he issues a self-titled EP in 2010. Mm. And I think that was pretty much a solo project. Right. As far as I know. Yeah. And then it wasn't until 2012 where he formed the ensemble Beat Music. Mm -hmm. And that's like yeah. a collective, would you say? Yeah. It's like a, a kind of a group. Yeah. But you can kind of come in and out based on if you're busy or not. I guess I like in the traditional jazz sense, like he's the band leader. Like, it's a band um, and he's the band leader. That's yeah. a good way to say it. So he, they sort of organize around him kind of thing. Like, yes. Or, and he organizes it, leads it, 
Yeah. Um, and I think there's like, what, three or four other people, a couple mm-hmm. of keyboardists in that um, triggering, like, sort of synth. Well, not even triggering. I think they're actually, like, playing synths and stuff like that. Maybe, like, a few mm-hmm. sample triggers. I know he has a uh, the electronic drum pad as well that he's using to, like, trigger certain, like, right. delay effects, samples mm-hmm. in amongst his drumming kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is cool. A lot of dubby vibes in that stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, so they released a debut EP later that year. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, I don't know if, I think it was a full length. There was a digital digital release mm-hmm. specifically, and it was called A Form of Truth okay. in 2013. Yeah. And that was co-produced by, you got to help me out, N.D. Negocello. Oh, Angelico? Angelico. Michelle Angelico, I think that's how you say it. Angelico. German American singer songwriter rapper and bassist and that was like melded jazz dub funk yeah um you know glitch yeah hip-hop rock it was kind of a you know coming from all different you know musical spaces yeah yeah. and they were just like let's do it all and it's really cool yeah yeah and there was some session musicians like nur felder this is just the name drop name drop jazz cat name drop that i don't know about (laughs) uh david binney or biney yeah 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 so there's four different bass players, I guess. Mm. Um, and I think the co-producer, I'm not even going to try to say the name again, also mm. was on the album playing bass. Right. So okay. yeah. very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I got on that. So right. he starts beat music and then he goes on from there. Yeah. Okay. So he formed uh, another genre blurring. I think it was a duo. Yeah. And I think it was called Meh- Mehalina. Mm. Okay. M-E-H-L-I-A-N-A. Right. Mehalina, Mehalina, and it was it was adventurous, um, you know, genre blurring. Like I said, it was the debut offering. I guess it was called Taming the Dragon, mm. and it appeared on Non Such record label, yeah. and that was 2014. Right. So very cool. Yeah. Um, should play track. Yeah, I think it's time for another track. So um, this guy's cooking. Like he's working with a lot of cool different people. Yeah. A lot of you know famous jazz type people. And he's busting out music wherever he goes. Yeah. Already, like, he's, you know, somewhat early in his career. Still is today. Yeah. But at this point, like, 2010, 12, 14, um, you know, he's been in it for, like, you know, six or ten years. Yeah. And he's already, like, doing a lot of cool stuff, and everybody wants to work with him. Yeah. And uh, in 2014, I think he released what could be considered his first proper solo album. Uh, called My Life Starts Now. Um, it doesn't, there's a few collabs on here, including Michelle. Or I think only Michelle is the only okay. collaborator. The rest of it is, is all him. And I think this kind of like, uh, put a, kind of a stamp of like a direction that he wanted to head in um, individually, you know, standing out from everything else that he was doing with other people kind of thing. Right. So I'll play a bit of this. That's easy. Easy to make. Easy to make yourself uh, valuable again to somebody that you know, and uh, it's, it's a good way to uh, sail. If you're making, if you're making a lot of mistakes on the deck, but then later on in the evening, um, even if somebody got hurt, you're talking to them in, in a nice way. Then they, you can still have a good friend, if not a person. But if you 
crazy shit. <laughs> Mark Giuliano from his first kind of debut album, I would say, My Life Starts Now. It, it will come back to you. And I was trying to find out who, where the sample spoken word thing came from, but I couldn't find anything. So I was wondering, uh, it sounds kind of yeah, cool though. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the thing he does throughout his music, because not being a singer, you know, he can't really express things through words. Right. He might sing, but he's not, he hasn't put it on a record yet. Um, so he does a lot of the, um, you know, dropping spoken word samples throughout his albums kind of thing and mm -hmm. kind of using that to get, you know, um, a narrative across, I guess, or what he wants to say sort of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, jumping yeah, off that, yeah. you know, we can get into like his, the way he creates and, and thinks about music a little bit now. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think sometimes he, I, I think in some interviews I was reading, he actually thinks the music or the, you know, vocal parts can get in the way of what the music is trying to express a lot of the time, mm. which I think is why he goes instrumental a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he hates vocals. They have their time and place. But mm. for, for him, I think he really cares authentically about the music and there's the energy of the music and the vibe and how it's being expressed yeah. and, you know, what what role he plays in expressing that mm -hmm. and sharing that. Yeah. You know, he loves playing with other people. Yeah. Um, and, and let me say, let me just, let's, let's get in here. I want to read a quote. Yeah. And I do want to give a shout out to, I guess this website called 15 questions mm -hmm. or it's like an interview series or something. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I highly recommend reading this whole interview. Mark just gives unstoppable, like great answers right. um, that are really in depth about what he, how he thinks about music and how he thinks about the drums yeah. and his place in all of this. Um, 15 questions, Mark Giuliano, just looked that up. Mm -hmm. um, so he's talking about the relationship of his in instruments. The relationship with my instrument is a very, is very special to me. Although they are inanimate objects, I do believe there is a life inside of them and it's up to me or it's up to any musician to find all the possibilities that are hiding inside of their instrument and to wake up, wake them up and to explore them. And I really do think there's a two way relationship that can always be further investigated and deepened. Mm -hmm. there you go. So just, you know, no holds barred. He's like, some people would think that's weird. Like there's a life to the instrument, <laughs> you know, I, I, totally like fuck with that though i think it's yeah. really true yeah, yeah. like everything's a relationship everything is you know vibrating yeah and that's the way we live that's the energy field that we live in yeah and yeah. we're all expressing this and you know the inanimate objects are part of our world yeah so i don't know he i just love the way he thinks about stuff like that yeah definitely no he he's dropped a lot of like really interesting insight bombs that yeah. i've seen across a few interviews yeah indiscriminately he'll drop them like when you don't expect them well yeah because also his demeanor is very uh chill super chill mm -hmm. relaxed even soft spoken kind of thing yeah yeah totally um but but what he's saying is just very like oh okay you know like and i kind of wanted to get to it i was like waiting for the right time but maybe now like <laughs> sure just basically like um because he was sort of um I think it was like an interview where he was asked as the audience was specifically like students kind of thing for this video. Um, and they were asking him questions about, you know, you know, for, for other students, what they can, how they can better their careers or learn their craft kind of thing. And he gave a lot, he spoke a lot about this sort of stuff. And uh, one of the 
the big things that resonated with me and it kind of like blows out the purpose of Roots to Grooves a little bit like <laughs> which is like basically he said that as musicians you know or I guess anyone but specifically for him as musicians he's like learning a lot external from external sources you know mm -hmm. so he's like studying different artists and listening to their music and reading biographies and interviews and and really trying to learn as much as he can from all these different people the greats the people he admires and stuff like that and he basically said, oh, that's great. And you kind of have to do that. But at a certain point, you have to just basically start doing it. Mm -hmm. And and then it's not until you start doing it that you learn more kind of thing. Right. Like, and so, you know, like on Roots to Grooves, you know, one of the purposes of this is to like learn from all these different people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the most important things that Mark Giuliano highlights is that you just have to get stuck in and start doing it like yeah. whatever it is um just immersed in what you're trying to create yeah and just you know be it go for it yeah because like you won't learn uh it's like a gap like because you know because you learn about your own whilst you do something you learn about your own abilities or lack of ability um or you know you, you know whatever it is like if you're trying to play the guitar it's like you start off rusty, but like after a year, you're pretty good kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have gotten there if you hadn't started at the beginning of the year kind of thing, you know? Totally. Because you like, you see, you see how other people play chords and you're trying to do that at first and you're like, oh, why don't I do it this way instead? That's easier for me. Mm -hmm. you know? And then you're learning, you're like informing yourself by doing kind of thing. And, right. And that's a big part of um, something that he said. Yeah, it was just like at a certain point you have to start learning from yourself mm -hmm. like you are a valuable resource in yourself yeah to like get better you know at things i heard him know. say multiple yeah. times that yeah. like when the best way to learn you can learn so much more from playing music with other people right rather yeah, than yeah. by yourself yeah like yeah. there's times when you should practice by yourself yeah do your peri diddles and this and that yeah, yeah and get your technique down but like you're really gonna expand your music consciousness yeah. by playing with other people and interacting that way in the moment yeah definitely yeah because you you know if you're just playing by yourself you're filling all the blank empty spaces but yeah once you're with other musicians you hear where they're fitting in and where you need to hold off like you know it's the difference of having a conversation right. or me being in my apartment talking to myself exactly it's like <laughs> i could learn something and i could get something out of that <clears throat> yeah but like i'm gonna learn way more if i'm talking to jay yeah it's improvisation yeah when you have a conversation i don't know what you're gonna say yeah and i sh my my goal should be to listen right to what you're saying yeah. and then respond yeah not just wait for my turn to say something yeah and it's the same with music yeah like what is jay doing how loud is he playing right you know what energy is he giving this what kind of vibe yeah and how can i how can i support that and um engage with that yeah and you no know, he, he says that a lot like how to I mean, I'll end my thought right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, another thing, I don't, I wrote this down. I don't, it, I'm reading it like as a quote, but I don't think I wrote it. I think I just transcribed a video of him talking. <laughs> but he says something, uh, he was asked about like, you know, what do you say to students who feel like they're not creative? Uh, students of the drum. Um, and he said, everyone's capable of creativity. We all have it within us, but oftentimes it's blocked. Trying to give yourself room to get unblocked is important. It's uh, what not to do as opposed to what to do. Um, mm. And, and he, he talks a lot about like trying to get closer to himself and knowing himself and trying mm -hmm. to strip away things. And 
in order to help with this as well. And um, he said by removing unnecessary things in his life, he's getting closer to who he is and who he wants to be sort of thing. Like, and we've talked about it a lot recently over the last sort of few episodes as well, that even back from like Polo and Pan, like how they set up their daily routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that importance of giving yourself space to create, like it's really hard to create and be creative if you're blocked by all of these external factors. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, I have to work. I have to do, I've got these obligations to this person and this person, you know, uh, you know, all of these clutter of normal everyday life kind of thing. They exist and sometimes they're unavoidable, but it's like how, what can we do to strip away those things and simplify things so we can give ourselves room to be creative? Because I don't know about, yeah, a lot of people, for me, it's like I find it, you can't really like switch creativity on and off. Like (laughs) it kind of happens when it happens. You can't, you know. No, but you're saying you have to uh, set up the time. Yeah. For for you don't know what. Yeah, yeah. But just open time to be creative. You can't. Be like, okay, well, I want to come out with a, a really good track mm-hmm. by next month. Yeah. So next week, Thursday at two, I'm yeah. going to sit down for an hour and write a hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it just, it might not happen. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. can't expect something like that to happen. Yeah. But more if you set up a routine in your life where there's plenty of time to be creative, you, there's a plenty of time every day or, or once a week, whenever it is, whatever works for you works. Yeah. But like you have that time set and dedicated yeah. for free thinking and free creativity yeah that's that's when magic will happen yeah if you put the effort in and it's it's also mental clutter as well i think about a lot because it's you know you can create time like physical time for you to use to do be creative but if you've got like a backlog of things on your mind that things that you have to address or Just take ad- care additionally of or do, yeah you get, it's kind of hard to get that off your brain until it's done or off your plate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a challenge as well. Cause you, you need to, you need to have those both things kind of clear in order to create, you have to have the physical time, but you also need the mental space. Yeah. The mental clarity, yeah. like not yeah. like, Oh, I got to set up that doctor's appointment that I keep forgetting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got to go to the grocery store. Yeah. I got to do my laundry. Yeah. I don't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a quote once I'm paraphrasing, but somebody once said, Life is nothing more than constant maintenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I, I think it rings true a lot of time. A lot of the yeah. stuff we have to get done is just daily. Yeah. Do the dishes, you know, chores. Yeah. Stuff that needs to happen, go get gas. Yeah. So that you can fac- facilitate the things you want to do creatively in life. Yeah. And so it becomes, you, you look at the, the greater, like the macro lens of your life and what you're trying to create. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, like, getting your taxes done and going grocery shopping mm-hmm. become part of your musical process. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's true. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Cause we can't, yeah, it's like hard. I don't know. Everyone's different, but like for me, like I can't, like I need to be relaxed and stress free in order to create. Yeah. If I have got stuff to do, I just can't, I just like, I've, you know, I build up like this like own self guilt. Like, yeah. like I shouldn't be doing, I shouldn't be, playing around with music right now when i've got these other things i need to be doing like mm-hmm. it feels almost like a bad thing to do which is a really horrible way to be and it's just finding ways to get out of that mindset to right. in order to free yourself up to create because you know it's hard like music's a hard thing like especially in society you know we've talked a lot about 
you know, the different artists where they have parents that support them and parents that don't, and you know, and you know, that type of thing. Cause you know, in society, like, oh yeah, you want to be a musician? That's great, but you better have a plan B, you better have a backup plan, you know, and you've got, you've got to, don't give up your day job sort of thing, you know? Yeah. We're sort of surrounded by that mindset in society. And so it's tr trying to battle against that, even maybe not that there's anyone in your life that's saying that, but the fact that that notion exists in our society is kind of a, right. a stressful thing sometimes. So don't think about that. <laughs> Just give yourself freedom to think. It's okay to play. I think we have to give ourselves freedom I, I, to play, right? You know, you know yeah. leeway. I, or I think the lowest common denominator is like discipline. Mm -hmm. Like you want to be free to do music, but to be free, you have to get all this other stuff done yeah. to really truly get to that free creative space yeah. where, you know, you're firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you get your stuff done, like work hard, play hard, mm -hmm. get your stuff done so you could be ultimately creative yeah. and then good stuff will happen from there. Yeah. And it's then it's you know a cycle from there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Some something Mark Giuliano talks a lot about is uh, getting to know his self, himself. And I think he talks about like it transpires and everything, like the way he dresses, the way he presents himself, mm -hmm. like all of he like considers these things to help him achieve what he wants to achieve, which is basically like trying to be authentic. And again, I'm seeing. I don't know why this is all. Maybe I'm more tuned into it now after seeing all these artists, but I feel like it's the last few artists that we've covered that have like mentioned this a lot, the authenticity mm -hmm. thing. Because um, he, again, says like the artists that he really looks up to are the ones that they're, they were their most authentic selves. Like, you know, um, like Bob Marley, you know, was Bob Marley. Like he wasn't trying to be anyone else. He was just Bob Marley, you know, like. Yeah. Um, I think there's a yeah. lot of power into being yeah. as, as much of yourself as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like being authentically yourself, like you say, not, not trying to be like, Oh, I like that artist. I need to be like them. I need to dress yeah. like them. I need to make yeah. music like them. Yeah. Like that artist is probably successful because they were just allowing themselves to be 100% themselves. Right. And yeah. that's when cool stuff happens. That's you, that's unique yeah. and people respond to that. Yeah. So I don't know, it's like maybe we need mental reminders for ourselves on a daily basis, like mantras or whatever, to like 100%. Rem remind ourselves of these notions, these concepts, these things, so we can like, you know, do what we need to do or be, be who we want to be or be ourselves. I mean, not, yeah, like be ourselves, you know. No, but literally yeah. like our self-talk, when you talk to yourself in your head, yeah. it should be like positive. I love myself. I'm getting stuff done today. Yeah. I'm, I'm being so productive. Yeah. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and, and, and that's your backup. Yeah. That's you, that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. The awareness of your consciousness. Definitely. Okay, so let's move on. He starts playing with a trumpeter called Dave Douglas mm -hmm. and a saxophonist called McCaslin. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I don't have his first name. Okay. Um, but basically, he came out with this album called Family First. Right. In 2015. Yeah. So basically, this was he was working with a bunch of artists that he really cares about. And that's, I think, who he's talking about when he says family. Yeah. It's like his tight cohorts who are doing similar things and care about the same things. And so he wanted to, he created another group with them. And that album was called Family First. Right. So I, I think it's a, another good album, great stuff. Yeah. I think that one was more acoustic based. Right. As far as I know. Yeah. You know, it was recorded with acoustic instruments and he wasn't doing his kind of electronic stuff. Right. Um, and so, I mean, so let's talk about Black Star. 
Yeah. I think that's about the where we are in the narrative. Yeah. I think that album came out, yeah, in 2016. Right. So we're talking yeah. about David Bowie's final album. Yeah. So amazing. So I guess, um, so Mark Juliana was playing with these, these guys who likes to play within this band, and they were at a venue playing their show. Mm. And David yeah. Bowie walks in and saw them. Okay. And so yeah. he really, like, he liked it. Yeah. And he was like, who are these people? Right. I guess the story goes that he didn't say anything to them mm. that day. Yeah. He just sat in the back. The yeah. band was unaware. Yeah. He just walked in as a you know pedestrian off the street, yeah. checked him out, really kicked, like liked what he heard and saw. And I guess weeks later, uh, Mark Giuliana got an email, either from his his label manager or you know somebody else. I'm not sure if it was directly from David Bowie to him, mm. but he got an email saying that David Bowie was at the show and was really interested in working with this group. And so he brought in that whole band into the studio and they started working on stuff that ended up being black star. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. And he said he learned a lot, obviously, as you would from David Bowie, like, yeah. uh, musically and everything like that. Um, yeah. And I think like before they, they sort of did one track, I think first, like as the band with David Bowie, um, cause it was released, like he had a compilation album that was released, David Bowie, and there was only one original song on it. And it was a song that, uh, Mark Giuliano and the band had co-wrote. Um, but yeah, after that experience of doing that track, David wanted to have them come in and work on the full album kind of thing. Okay. I see. Like, nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I've only, I haven't really dove into that album i've i've heard a few of them the big tracks from it i think there's like a couple of music videos as well mm -hmm. done from it um it's definitely you know it's a it's an iconic david bowie album it's a lot more well dark would you say have you li listened to it like or, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i mean it does have an air of like mystery and yeah. like legend to it yeah just because of david bowie's legendary status as a creator and, oh, yeah. and a person and um i don't know i think like i think david bowie when he was making that album he knew it was it was near the end right it wasn't yeah. like he was just firing on all cylinders and felt like dropping an album yeah yeah um, before he goes on the next tour no it's like, purposefully yeah put together. i, I think yeah. with intention he kind of yeah. knew like okay this is probably my last album yeah. I think he was having some health things that were starting to deteriorate yeah. and like kind of getting worse as this album was progressing. It was like right up until the line. Yeah. Like I think this album dropped like a week like after he died or a week before he died. Yeah, I think it was like, I, I want to say like he died the day before his birthday or something like that and it was released on his birthday. It's some crazy story yeah, like that. A lot yeah. of just weird serendipity coincidences. And it was also kind of done in secret as well, I think, because no one knew that this album was going to be dropped. And yeah. It was just there kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that must have been a trip for Mark Giuliana as well. It's like, oh, I'm working on this album with, oh, I can't say. I don't know if he had to keep it secret or they all kept it secret, but I, I think there was that, I, you know, sort of, yeah. I mean, just utmost, utmost yeah. respect for David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm sure he was just like, let's keep this on the DL. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, yes, sir. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and... and and that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's basically all I got on Black Star, but that's a great yeah. album. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I mean, it, it is a little bit dark. That's just to yeah. finish my thought on that. Like, I think David Bowie knew he was dying. Yeah. And that it was his last statement. 
And so a lot of that emotional energy is put into this record. Yeah. So I would highly recommend listening to that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not obvious, but I do recommend it. Right. So then let's move on. The next yeah. year, 2017, and we get a, a visit from Shigito. Really? I didn't know about this. Yeah. Really? So Shigito's back yeah. a few episodes ago. We did an episode yeah. on him. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's a Brooklyn producer and drummer. And they collaborated and they made a, a collaboration called A New Monday. I don't know where I didn't see this at all. I didn't know. They got together, Shigeto and yeah. Mark Juliana. Damn. Yeah. I know. They're both cool. Yeah, they yeah. were together. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's dope. I didn't listen to A New Monday. Yeah. But I'm sure it's really great. Yeah. Um, I would recommend that as well. Yeah. And then as far as 2017 goes, I the only thing I have that he released his own quartet session, mm-hmm. and it was called Jersey. Okay. So a, a different band name called Jersey. Yeah. Different band altogether. Yeah. Yeah, he's like <clears throat> so prolific with these different groups. Like, yeah, like, I know it's <laughs> insane. <laughs> Where does one begin, the other end? I don't know. Like, I know he did say though, like, you know, what his ultimate goal is. And he said his ultimate goal is just to play his own music with the musicians he loves and respects. Yeah. And to do that forever. Sort yeah. Of thing. So if he had to pick one thing or do one thing... He would like to do his own music like, yeah. and present that kind of thing. Um, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, he's living his dream as it is. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, at this point with putting out his own stuff, he's like been able to like carve out that space for himself mm-hmm. as opposed to just having to play with other people all the time, I think, you know. Because um, he does go on tour with like beat music and, you know, plays all over and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Um, so then 2019 is pretty huge and I feel like it's almost a culmination of his career up until that time. Um, he creates the electronic influence type music, beat music, beat music, beat music, and that drops and that picked up a Grammy nomination for best contemporary, uh, instrumental album. Damn. So that's, you know, a nice accolade to add to the resume of Mark Juliana. Yeah. That's, that's all I got on that. We already talked about talked about beat music a little bit yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's all about all i have on a technical note i i realized i play all the same equipment that he uses as well he, what play, do you mean? he plays gretz drums nice sabian cymbals nice remo drum skins nice and vic firth sticks nice all those so, yeah i i play all of those those just um by coincidence by coincidence, I think, um, yeah, the Gretsch I got because it was uh, small. I wanted a small drum kit that I could cart. It's a good, like, kind of jazzy. Put in it, yeah. It's like a jazz club kit, yeah. Kind Spot, of a small kit. Size, light, yeah, lightweight. Stick it in the back of an Uber type thing. Yeah. Sabian, because uh, Chad Smith plays Sabian cymbals, and I've always played Sabian cymbals. And I think that they're, like, yeah. one of the oldest cymbal yeah. makers ever. Well, they just got a nice sound, yeah, and... I think they've been making symbols since like 5,000 years ago or something. Probably, yeah. That's a little, I'm exaggerating, but... Yeah, the, the but dinosaurs, long, dinosaurs died and they opened <laughs> up a Sabian factory. No, I'm just... <laughs> I've been hearing a lot of rumors that uh, dinosaurs were alive along with humans for a while. Really? Well, I don't na- know. Nature, nurture, debate, is that what... I, I don't know. I don't know. What I don't think that's the same debate, but... <laughs> 
I'm going to edit that out. No, leave it in. Uh, Remo, because there's only like basically two companies that make drum skins and two companies that make, there's probably more than two that make drum sticks, but really. Only two that matter. There's only really two that matter, yeah. Um, but it's interesting, yeah, he talks on a drama level, like he'll, um, you know, he'll mess around with all the tuning depending on the situation, you know. So if he's playing in a stripped down jazz group, he'll tune like the, the tom-toms, the rack-toms, floor-tom high because it's like melodic kind mm -hmm. of thing, you know. And so if you're playing solo or with one or two other musicians, you can have that kind of melodic sound to the drums. Um, other times, you know, if he's trying to achieve more of that beat music style, you know, he'll tune them lower, maybe deaden them, you know, with some felt on the drums kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, basically, you know, it's... That's pretty simple stuff, really. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just... And the different types of kits as well. You know, he doesn't just play one. He'll go for different size drums, depending on the sound, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so there's all those, like, varying things you can mess with that maybe a lot of people don't know about in drum world, but maybe other musicians do. Um, uh, yeah, the, the tuning, the size of the drum, the material the drum's made of, the mm -hmm. type of skin, because they have clear skins and coated skins all of these different things achieve different results and different types of sounds that you're after kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and there's a few videos out there of him. I don't know about necessarily talking about that stuff, but technique, right. He's like showing technique and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. If anybody's yeah. interested in drums at all or, or just music in general mm -hmm. about how things get done, like go look up these videos. They're on YouTube. Yeah. Like, like literally masterclass, I think he like, does them in person as well. Like if you're lucky enough to get a, a drum clinic with Mark Giuliano somewhere, I think he does them in person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some of the videos are of him doing like a one on one session with somebody. Yeah. Just showing him like very, going from the very basic, simple techniques and starting at step one. It's like literally he's just like hitting the drums one by one mm -hmm. and then moving up from there. So he, it mm -hmm. seems like a great educator. Yeah. Yeah. And teacher. Definitely. Definitely. Um, as opposed to being an awesome musician and general human being. He needs to do a drum tuition video if it hasn't already. You know, remember back in the day when they had these VHS tapes that you could buy of different uh, big musicians from big bands would have their own like tapes. Like a lot of these, like uh, like Chad Smith had one in the like early 90s, him and Flea. Uh, Just a VHS the, tape of what? Uh, uh, drum, teaching drums. Oh, they were? Yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, there was like one guy, like my, my parents got me these like, and they were like, I didn't know who some of the bands were, like some hair metal band from the 80s and it would be the drummer and it would be like a two hour long VHS tape or hour long or whatever. And he's That's like, nuts. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like sitting there with his jeans and his long hair. I don't know who these people were. And they're like, yeah, here's how you tune a snare drum. It should be tight enough that you can stand on top of it. And they're like, get on top <laughs> and stand there and be like, crazy. I don't even know who some of these people were, but there was a whole slew like VHS tapes of all these big drummers and, and they had ones for guitarists as well and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Just, it was just like, they're teaching you on tape. Yeah. But, but now you have masterclass on YouTube and all that, but more easily accessible. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, impressive that they were doing it back then. Yeah. Cause they would have had to get, I don't know, VCR player yeah. and tapes. Yeah. Just more equipment. Yeah. I don't know if it was easier or worse. Cause I, I have a love-hate relationship with <laughs> computers and... Yeah, you still have TVs with antennas Dropbox on, right? Dropbox and Google <laughs> Drive. 
Google Bucks. Clouds. But this episode is will be in the cloud. And you can download it from the satellite. Yes. Yeah. We're done? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. That's all I got on Mark Giuliana. Yeah. Super cool drummer. Check him out if you guys some, got some cool tips or tricks. Or what else can I ask for? Money. If you got any cash you want to send us? <laughs> no, we, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think actually Jay's still getting that bag of cash ready for uh, whoever was the first no, person to email us. It, it went. It should have gone to Kikigaku Mayo. But you just you're just taking it back. Well, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you heard the episode we were offering that. So, and, but he was the first person to email. So, so maybe I should respond to be like, I have a bag of cash. We set it on you. the air. I think we should. They have, they have gone on a hiatus now, so maybe I don't know. They might need it. <laughs> <laughs> Only send you a bag of cash if you're in a band. Yeah. If okay. you're actively releasing music. All right. To be continued, I don't know what's going on with the bag of cash. Jace, I don't know. He's hesitating to send it off. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Um, but if you have any advice for us, hit us up. I'm Jesse. That's Jay. You can email us at Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com, S I G N L radio.com. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com. <laughs>